anything worth doing, whether it's uh, going to school, finding your calling, all that takes work. And it probably will take a few dates at least for you to meet that, that right person. But again, God wants to empower you with his grace and, and partner with you in that search. Welcome to Building Relationships with Dr. Gary Chapman, author of the New York Times bestseller, The Five Love Languages. Today, our guest says you can toss the rule book about Christian dating out the window. It's not as complicated as we've made it to be. So says Eric Demeter, who has written our featured resource today, How Should a Christian Date? You can find it at fivelovelanguages.com. This is a special summer best of broadcast of Building Relationships. And Gary, when we open the phone lines each month, this is one of the recurring questions that you are asked by a lot of listeners. Absolutely, Chris. A lot of singles listen to the program and they have questions about dating as well as other relationships. So I'm excited about our conversation today with Eric. Well, let me introduce him. Eric Demeter, D-E-M-E-T-E-R, is a relationship and conflict resolution specialist with advanced studies in mediation, peacemaking, and negotiation from the Corbell School of International Studies at the University of Denver and Peacemaker Ministries. He's currently a missionary with Youth with a Mission, or YWAM, based in Athens, Greece, where he disciples young people from the Middle East and teaches conflict resolution and healthy relationships to YWAM staff and missionary students. His experience is growing up listening to heavy metal, working alongside ex-convicts, and being raised in the Roman Catholic tradition give him the ability to connect well with people of diverse belief systems. You're going to hear that today. He considers every reader a friend and challenges everyone to become more like Christ in everything they do. So if you go to fivelovelanguages.com, you'll see our featured resource, How Should a Christian Date? It's not as complicated as you think. You can find it at fivelovelanguages.com. Well, Eric, welcome to Building Relationships. Thanks so much for having me. Now, you have a wide range of life experiences, as Chris just shared. Tell us a little about yourself and uh, why this topic is something you're so passionate about. Yeah, uh, you know, I had a mentor, a wonderful mentor. I said that he um, passed away at an early age, but he was a professor of family therapy. And he took me un- under his wing in 2000, uh, 2001, and he just poured into me, um, was really helpful in my healing process, uh, taught me how to date well, taught me how to communicate well. His, his passion for relationships was contagious. So I, I, th- I think that that affected me a lot. And I saw when I became a Christian at 21, I, I looked at Christian dating and, and I was a Christian dater myself and I saw that there were some gaps. I, I read some really, really good books um, and I saw that I could also uh, contribute to the conversation with, with my unique experience. 
Well, you know, many of us are familiar with YWAM, and as Chris said, you spend a lot of your time in Athens, Greece, uh, and you spend some time here in the States, so uh, we're just delighted that we can have this conversation with you today. You know, just speak a word to, to Christian singles who are out there. I think a lot of them sometimes feel like they're left out when they go to church, that the pastors preach on marriage and parenting, <laughs> they don't usually have sermons to single adults, so just say a word of encouragement to them. Yeah, that you're a whole person, whether you're married or not. Uh, You can be just as mature and complete being single as you are married. Sometimes the the church touts marriage as the the be-all and end-all, and you've sort of arrived in life. But um, just because you're married doesn't make you mature. It just makes you married. So Mm -hmm. you can lead um, as fulfilling of a life and uh, serve God, love people, love you know your friends, your family, and lead a really rich life, uh, whether you're single or, or decide to get married. Yeah, well, you mentioned earlier that you've read a lot of books on uh, dating and uh, from a Christian perspective. Uh, but what have we gotten wrong, typically, about uh, dating uh, from the Christian world perspective? I want to speak into that. At the same time, I, I have to be very humble in in my criticism because I'm part of that Christian single dating crowd. I, I think one of the things that we do, though, is we over-spiritualize our language. Um, we kind of use God at, at times, you know, so instead of just saying, hey— I like you. Would you would you want to go go out on a date? Uh, and I've heard of some people instead of using that clear question, say stuff like "God told me this" and "God told told me that." I say that God might have spoken to you, and that's great. And I never want to you know challenge how someone heard from from God because maybe they they did. But the thing is, is that that kind of spiritual over spiritual language is not helpful in dating. So uh, we need to be clear and we need to speak from our our heart because I, I don't know really any woman that wants to hear, God told me to ask you out. I think that woman would say, well, that's great that God thinks that, but what do you think? <laughs> because it probably communicates, I didn't really want to do this, but God told me to do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and when we break up, you know, some sometimes we play the God card and say, you know, God didn't give me peace about you, or God said that I'm not going to marry you again. Maybe he, maybe God did, but people want to know what, what you think. And so we sort of use uh, God as a hook to get what we want. And we can use him as an escape hatch when we want out. Yep. So you don't believe that God has given us 10 commandments of dating. (laughs) (sighs) You know, I like to say that God didn't invent dating that we did, our our culture did, but he definitely still cares about how we get there. He cares about the process. I mean, God created marriage and he loves marriage. He loves relationships and he uses dating for, for better or for worse to get people married. But yeah, the Bible primarily focuses on marriage and who to look for in a spouse. And uh, I talk about how to actually date. And I, I think God gives us a big yard. You know, if you think of like a big yard, God gives us a lot of options and different ways to to date, different ways to meet 
people, but there is a fence and that's God's moral boundary. So I think that within that fence, with, within God's best, within the scriptural mandates, we are free to try different ways of updating and see what, what works for us. Yeah. Well, why do you think there's so much confusion about dating in the Christian world? That's a good question. I think that there's a lack of teaching. Uh, I haven't heard many sermons on singleness uh, and on dating. I've heard maybe one or two on sing- singleness from, you know, up front, from the pulpit. I've heard one or two, but not any on dating. Um, and I think that the, that the church has such an opportunity to invest in the lives of singles and those who are, are dating. So I, I think we, we need some good teaching, some good preaching. Um, often churches, they, they, they definitely care about marriages. They care about when couples get in, engaged. But I think that they enter the relationship too late. So I, I think that they need to enter in and disciple singles who are, are dating before their uh, uh, reach engagement. Thanks for joining us for Building Relationships with Dr. Gary Chapman, author of the New York Times bestseller, The Five Love Languages. If you'd like to know more about our guest or learn your love language, go to our website, fivelovelanguages.com. Today, Eric Demeter is helping singles. Our featured resource is his book, How Should a Christian Date? It's Not as Complicated as You Think. Find out more at our website, fivelovelanguages.com. That's fivelovelanguages.com. Eric, you mentioned earlier that dating is a cultural thing. That is, it's not found in all cultures of the world. Uh, we have, of course, in the Western world. Why, why do you think uh, is the value of dating, or what is the purpose of dating uh, from, from your perspective or a Christian perspective? Yeah, I think that the value is that you get to know someone in hopefully a safe environment, and you get to uh, go on different dates, and that helps you choose. I mean, if we were raised in a culture where prearranged marriages was uh, the norm, then I think we would do it, you know, totally, totally different. They actually commit first, as opposed to we sort of have a slow, you know, a slow burn. So there are plus pluses and minuses to both. And I would say that the main benefit of, of dating is you get to build that, that friendship with someone and learn about them before you, you actually commit for, for marriage. And that learning can be true even if the dating relationship does not lead to marriage, right? Yeah, all, all healthy dating is beneficial. Uh, you can learn a lot about yourself, about what you value. So even if the relationship doesn't make it to marriage done in the right way, you will be at a, at a good place and be ready for that, for that next person. And hopefully it won't take too many dates. It will probably take, take some, but uh, leaving a dating re- relationship well will prepare you uh, for the next one. Yeah. How is your book different from some of the other dating books that are out there? Well, for one, I wasn't a Christian until I was 21. Uh, So I dated uh, outside the church. uh, And then when I became a Christian, I I dated inside the church. So I I feel that God's given me the the, uh, ability through his grace to 
speak to new Christians, uh, you know, and to even speak to to those out, outside the church, but also being a Christian now for over 20 years that I can speak to those that have been following Jesus for quite, quite a while. Yeah, and there's many good uh, dating books. Uh, your your book, uh, Five Love Languages, is uh, I quote that in my book, so that's an uh, amazing one. I go into not just who to date. You know, a lot of dating books talk about, oh, these are the red flags. You know, these are the things to watch out for. This is this is what what the Bible says about sex. Those are all great. I talk about those things, but I just don't talk about who to date. I talk about how to date. Well, why is it important that, that Christians get dating right? Well, we want to glorify God, you know, in, in everything that we, we do. Uh, I think of 1 Corinthians 10, where uh, Paul is saying that. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, you can glorify God. So whether your dating is messy and often it, it is or imperfect, we can glorify God. Practically, we can save ourselves pain. I like to say, um, you know, you don't have to commit all your own mistakes because mm -hmm. I, I made plenty of, of them for you. Uh, you can't remove all of the pain in dating. There will, there will always be risk, but um, there are things that we can do to, to save ourselves pain, and there are things that we can do that can make it easier. What do you think are some of the things that especially uh, Christian daters uh, end up getting wrong? Well, I'm going to say something that might be controversial, that um, two strong Christians don't necessarily form a good relationship. Uh, and that's the mentality that um, things must work, you know, that, that I'm a solid Christian, they're a solid Christian, and that some way that that equals a good relationship. But I like to say a, a, a relationship is a relationship. So it's how you relate. And just because they follow Jesus and you follow Jesus, of course, that's the foundation that, that you definitely want to start with. But that doesn't equal a good relationship. I mean, I, I talk about a um, cheesecake, you know, in, in my book and with the right in, ingredients baked in the oven, you, you, you have an amazing cheesecake. But um, I like wasabi too. <laughs> but wasabi mm. is a great ingredient, but it goes well on sushi, not on uh, cheesecake. So you, so you can have two strong Christians that don't necessarily form a, a life-giving uh, relationship. Yeah. In other words, you can have the same commitment to Christ, but there's a lot of other aspects to life uh, under his control, obviously, but uh, that if we're going to have good relationships, those things are important also. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you say in your book uh, that you don't always have to call it a date. You don't have to use that word in order to go out on what we think of as, an, as a date. Uh, why, why do you make that point? Well, I like to talk about the nuance of dating because there are gray, gray areas. Um, one reason is that different cultures mean, uh, you know, um, understand dating to be different. I know in Greece that the evangelical couples, they don't announce that they're, quote, dating until they're engaged because to say you're dating means that you're actually having sex. So it's like, um, yeah, that's definitely not what, what, I mean, and what most 
people mean when they ask someone on a date, but you know, there, there's definitely a cultural context. Um, practically too, um, a lot of guys feel pressure. Uh, maybe they're in a Christian community where, hey, if you ask that person out, you better have a good idea that you're going to marry them. And, and I think that that pressure can keep guys from actually going out on dates. So I say that there's a soft start date and then there's a hard start date. So a hard start date, that's the clear. Do you want to go out? I, I like you. Uh, would you like to join me on a date Friday night? That's clear. That's unambiguous. And at least in the, um, in the United States and most of Canada, that is going to be clear. But if you feel pressure or, or let's say that a that a woman uh likes uh likes a guy she she doesn't want to pursue him and she doesn't want to you know ask out a guy i i think that she can in, initiate with a guy uh maybe inviting him to a movie night or a game night or you know going on a hike and um soft starts can give women a way to feel empowered in their love life when asking out a guy directly would uh, would be um, uncouth. Yeah. You know, interesting, Gary, because Andrea invited me out on our first, it wasn't a date. It was, you want to play tennis? She knew that I played tennis mm-hmm. and she was four years older than me. And so she was interested and I was interested, but I was, I was, I was not, you know, I didn't have the courage to ask a four years older person out. And she said, Hey, you want to go play tennis? And that kind of freed up the relationship then to move forward. But I think she felt guilty about that, you know, years later when Elizabeth Elliot talked about, you know, you cannot do this, you cannot. And there's a lot of that strong stuff that comes with some of the teaching in the church, not, not anything against Elizabeth Elliot, but she was very strongly against a woman saying anything to a man to initiate. And I like that, that term that you use, Eric, it's, it's a soft opening. So, that it allows the, the couple to then decide, do we want to go further with this? That's what you're saying, right? Exactly. And uh, I would say that, that women don't have to feel guilty, that um, most good guys, uh, once you invite them to tennis once, twice, you know, or a few times that they're going to pick up what you're throwing down, you know? I would say that there's a difference be- between initiating with a guy and um, pursuing him. And uh, I, I had a friend and she really liked this guy for, man, two or three years. And um, I, I asked her, I said, well, have, have you, you know, asked him to, to do anything? Have, have you told him how you feel? And, and she said, no, 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 I don't want to pursue him. I'm like, just in, initiating is not pursuing. And if a guy doesn't pursue after a few soft start tries, uh, then it's it's probably not the right one for you. Yeah. I like the idea what you're calling soft start uh, because that gives you a chance, both of you a chance to get to know each other a little better in, in some kind of social setting that, that both of you enjoy doing. And uh, as you said, two or three of those kind of get-togethers, and, and chances are it either leads to dating or it doesn't lead to dating. But you could have a, a longer friendship with a person like that that doesn't have romantic overtones. It's just that we're, we're friends. Yeah, and that's great. And you have to 
decide in uh, your mind, are, are, you, are you spending time with this person be, because there is more? There is a potential for, for marriage. And, and if there's not, then okay, well, then that is, um, and that's fine too. My only criteria for a date is that you're curious for the possibility of marriage. And if you have no, uh, if, if there's no spark, if there's no chance that, uh, that you'll be married, uh, then yeah, absolutely stay friends. But if there's a, you know, slight interest, if there's even an inkling for the possibility of, of marriage, then by all means, go on some dates. Yeah. How does, uh, how does the dating experience, uh, relate to ultimately having a good marriage? What, what part does that dating segment play in having a good marriage? Yeah, I think that marriage and dating her very different and, and similar at the, at the same time. Um, but I do believe that like, you know, when you get married on that day, that's that's not the beginning of your relationship. You probably dated for a year or two or two or three, you know. So so my thing is is those those patterns. Let's say you have a healthy pattern of communication. You're 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 open. You're honest. You can be vulnerable. Um, you can deal with conflict. Right. All those patterns will naturally carry over to marriage. And, and the same is true with the negative patterns. If you keep fighting, you know, about the same things, if uh, you don't see eye, eye to eye on some core values, those patterns will, will also carry over in, uh, into marriage. Yeah. And one of the purposes of dating would be to decide not to marry. <laughs> right? I mean, exactly. You- I mean, yeah, a, a closed door is, uh, you know, you can you know, you, you, you can chalk that off to uh, posterity and uh, you can move on. Yeah. What would you tell someone who's just beginning the dating process? They, they haven't dated before, perhaps at all. They've just they've heard a lot about this. They're thinking about it. They're at the stage of life that they would like to uh, begin building a dating relationship. What would you say to them? Definitely pray, you know, and to mm. invite God into your love life. Even though dating is a cultural thing, God cares ab- about how we find a mate and to date and to get married. So, uh, so definitely pray. Um, and I would say if you're new, uh, try different ways. See what works for, for you. Maybe try to go on some blind dates or try, on, try online dating. Or is there somebody at, at church, someone in your Bible study that you're like, huh, that person, yeah, you know, I, I could, you know, I can maybe see that. Uh, yeah, so try different ways. And um, I think one of the most Im- important things is to look for a friend that, you know, uh, a, a attraction is, is good. And, you know, um, you want to be sexually a- attracted to, to the person that, that you marry. But I think that feelings will, will go up and feelings will go down. So at the end of the day, you you want to marry a, a friend. So I would say to that new dater, uh, look for a friend. Yeah. What would you say to someone who has been hurt a lot, several dating experiences, all of them ended in pain, uh, mm-hmm. and they're just not sure that they even want to they even want to date again. They're just going to wait and let yeah. God drop somebody down from heaven. <laughs> what, what would <laughs> you say tough. to that person? <laughs> oh, I would say I, I am, I'm sorry. Dating is an imperfect way 
Uh, and yes, there, there are many people who have been through the ringer. I, I had a broken in, uh, engagement and uh, one is enough for a lifetime. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say, and this has helped me in my own life, is to uh, take your time. That you're not in a hurry. Uh, people deal with grief on on their own timeline and in uh, different ways. And take time, and then let God heal uh, heal your heart. Um, secondly, I would say uh, that don't compare your journey with someone else's. You know, your journey is your journey, and uh, maybe take a break from uh, so from social media, uh, but but just. Uh, know that God has you in the palm of his hand. You know, all the, all the good ones aren't already taken and, and trust that in that, that right time that you will meet that right person. Thanks for joining us for Building Relationships with Dr. Gary Chapman, author of the New York Times bestseller, The Five Love Languages. Today, we're learning about dating and the Christian. Our guest is Eric Demeter, author of How Should a Christian Date? It's Not as Complicated as You Think. We have a link for you at fivelovelanguages.com. That's fivelovelanguages.com. Eric, you mentioned a minute ago that your book, the difference between your book and a lot of the other dating books, which are good, is you really focus on how to date. So is that like you <laughs> you teach us which restaurants to go to or <laughs> you don't follow us around after we buy your book, right? <laughs> uh, no. Um, well, for when I say, you know what, for uh, – First dates make it a low pressure date. Um, you know, you you probably don't want to get dressed up in your best gown and your suit on that uh, first first date. Those those can make it seem kind of uptight, lots of pressure. So uh, I, I would say make a first date coffee. Uh, make you know make it a walk and just make it low pressure. And there is also stages to relationships, you know, which, which are basically progressions of intimacy. So there is friendship. There is non-exclusive dating, which is optional. There is exclusive dating. There is engagement. There is marriage. So you, you go through these, this process, these, these five stages. So I take you through each one uh, and help people know when it's time to transition from one stage to the next. What are some stories? Uh, Can you give us a story or two of uh, people who've experienced positive dating and things ended up well? Yeah, you know, I I have been collecting (laughs) dating stories for a long time, and I love it how people end up together and get married and get uh, have healthy marriages, even from crazy uh, dating stories. I mean, but, but, but they don't have to be crazy. Uh, my, my, my friends, uh, I have a friend, a couple, and they barely dated. And they were basically, for, for him, it was their first, like really his first girlfriend. And they dated and they got married and they got two great kids. So it doesn't have to be um, uh, hard. Um, but I have another friend, the opposite extreme, who went on a hun- over 100 first dates. And mm. I think his wife, uh, but then he met his wife at, uh, I think at date 103 or 106. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you, you would think by that point he, he would have given up, but he just, um, 
you know, kept on meeting people. And I asked them, I, I, I said, do you look back on your life and wish you would have dated less? And he said, Eric, no, because that's my journey. And I may have never met my wife unless I, you know, I didn't meet all these other people first. So God does it amazingly ways, uh, you know, in amazing ways. And uh, just one more couple, uh, I wouldn't recommend this, but they broke up and got back together 10 times. Whoa. <laughs> you think after breakup three or four, you would throw in the towel and say, no, this is not, not the one, but for whatever reason, that's, that's what it took. And, and from what I know, they, they have a great marriage today. Yeah. You would think that uh, before the tenth time, you would decide either yay or nay, right? <laughs> <laughs> right, right, exactly. Uh, uh, one of the things I like about the book, you list uh, twelve Christian dating myths. Uh, take us through some of those. One of them is you'll meet someone when you stop looking. This is kind of the reverse mm -hmm. psychology approach. That is the proverbial uh, ostrich with his you know, head in the sand and you're not going to date and you're going to just let, let God do, uh, do it all. And the thing about yeah. God is he's good. And sometimes, yeah, you just randomly meet, meet that person. I mean, God can in introduce you to people in a number of different ways. Um, my mentor used, used to say, Eric, you, you could meet your wife at the gas station. But the problem is oftentimes, most of the time, God wants to partner with us in our search. So anything worth doing, uh, whether it's uh, going to school, finding your calling, whether it's playing the piano, all that takes work. And it, it, it probably will take a few dates at least for you to meet that, that right person. But again, God wants to empower you with his grace and, and partner with you in that search. Yeah. Uh, one of the myths of Christian dating is that you have to know exactly what you want before you go out on a, on a date. And we talked a little bit about this earlier, but uh, that just creates a lot of pressure. Again, I say that um, your only litmus test for whether you should go on a date is if you're curious about the possibility of marriage someday. So you want to uh, have that and you uh, don't have to know exactly what you want. So you're saying they don't need to make a list of the person I marry has to be a Michigan State University uh, <laughs> fan. They have to be so tall and so short. They have to have blonde hair and blue eyes. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, if if you want, I, I, I have a friend, and, and she had over 100 items on, on her <laughs> list. 100. And you know what the crazy thing about that is? Is she found a guy. That checked every single thing on that list. I know it's crazy, but 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 the thing is, is they they have a great marriage, but they still have uh, issues like every other marriage. So even if you check all hundred items, uh, chances are you know um, you will have the same problems as as um, uh, a lot of couples do. Yeah, there are no relationships that do not have conflicts. Mm -hmm. And because we're different. We're humans, and humans think differently. Yep. Humans feel differently. Give us a couple of other myths before we move on. Yeah, I would say that one is that um, uh, a lot of choice 
is going to help you get married. And there's a, been a lot of research on the psychology of choice. Uh, one of the studies is um, about at a grocery store that they set up two tables of, uh, of jams, you know, one with 24 and I think the other one with uh, six. And the one with 24 jams, you know, all these different choices of, of jams that more people showed up at the table that they had more choice, but it was actually people that had less choice that were more satisfied with, with their choice. So this to me gives people hope. Like if you're from a small community, if you have only a small pool of, of options, you can have just as good of marriage, uh, you know, even with your choices of two or three people versus, you know, you're part of a, you know, 10,000 member church and, and you have uh, a lot of choices. I'd be a good example of that one, uh, Eric, because I married a gal that I had known my whole life, uh, went to the same church. I dated her best mm-hmm. girlfriend when I was in high school, and she broke up with me when I went off to college. And uh, two or three years later, I went back to the church. I was at home on a holiday, and I saw Carolyn, who became, later became my wife. Uh, I've known her forever, and I thought, wow, how did I miss her? <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. you know, so, you, so you might find your spouse in a small church somewhere. But I also wanted to ask about uh, uh, online dating, because you mentioned that earlier, and I know that that's become more and more feasible, and uh, many, more, many people are in, involved in that. What are the advantages of that, and what might be some of the uh, uh, red flags that would be waving. Yeah, it has advantages is that it can widen your circle. So uh, you can date people from Zimbabwe to New Zealand, you know. So <laughs> in, in that case, it is good. And in some ways, you get to know someone um, better and you get to see answers to questions before you go out on dates. So you some sometimes there's a spot to put in what uh, you know, tell me about your faith or tell me if you want to have kids, you know, would you relocate? So those are good things to know. Um, and maybe some deal breakers um, that may be help, helpful to you to make um, better choices. But I think that the biggest thing is just widens your your uh, your pool. And it's just another way is another tool that that God can use to bring people together. Uh, disadvantages, um, people sometimes, well, they can get over, overwhelmed with choice. And secondly, they chat for too long and they don't meet, meet the person. So that experiential, that in-person knowledge, that's the best knowledge that, that you need. So people, they'll get in trouble when they chat for two or three months and then they show up and they meet the person. You're like, hey, you're not who I thought I thought you were. Uh, they, they may look different. They, they may sound different. They, you know, they, they, they may not just be the, the kind of person that, you know, you, you thought they were. So my rule with Internet dating is to uh, meet fast and to date slow. Yeah. And don't assume that if you have an attraction online that you would have the same attraction in person, right? Yeah, yeah, because you you think you know things about people, and I heard that that people can 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 fall in love even without without meeting. And I say, uh, you definitely definitely need to to meet them. Yeah, sooner than later. <laughs> uh, absolutely, and I would encourage people. Yeah, you can certainly uh, meet someone online, but uh, there ought to be considerable time together. Uh, and when you're seeing each other in the real world before you make the decision to marry. 
Yeah, be, be, because you know, have shared uh, shared com- communities, uh, and that's the great thing about dating someone like like you met your wife at church. There, there was a shared group of uh, friends, you know. So, so when you're clashing two unrelated cultures or groups, you know, just just because it's not just a, about the person, you you have their group, their their friends, their their pastor, their church. So you uh, definitely want to take your time. This is Building Relationships with Dr. Gary Chapman, author of the New York Times bestseller, The Five Love Languages. Our featured resource today is Eric Demeter's practical book, How Should a Christian Date? It's Not as Complicated as You Think. You can find out more at fivelovelanguages.com. So, Eric, sometimes uh, there's an individual that uh, would like to date you. They may even ask you uh, for a date. Uh, how How do you, in a Christian way... <laughs> let them know that you're not interested in dating them. Yeah, if it's a woman who's being asked out and she's not interested, I would maybe pay them a compliment first, like, oh, thank you so much for for asking. Uh, or you could say, hey, uh, I, I really a- appreciate the, the courage that it took to, to ask just because it does, you know, it's a, it's unnerving for a, for a guy to, to be uh, direct. So when he does, I feel like maybe a small compliment would, would help ease it, but then also to make sure that you are, that you're clear. So maybe say, thank you so much for, for asking that took a lot of courage. Uh, but I don't, you know, but I see us as, as only, uh, being friends. And if they insist with, well, God told me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I had a friend and a guy uh, approached her several years ago and said that exact thing. God told me that we are going to be married. And uh, her response was actually very gracious. She said, okay, uh, let me, you know, I I don't think so, but let me pray about it. And Uh she did. And she went yeah. back and she prayed and she said, "No, what? You know, God's not speaking to me in the same way." And he left in a in a huff. And I'm like, mm-hmm. you know what? That's that's it's just just a sign of some uh, some spiritual in, uh, immaturity. Yeah. On the other hand, now maybe you've dated someone for a bit, and uh, maybe they are more interested than you are in this relationship, and you feel like it's it's time to break up. You you, you realize it's not going to marriage. Is there a good way to break up with someone? Oh, there is no perfect way, but you can ease it. I think it depends on how much time you've you've dated. If it was a was a year, it will probably take one com- conversation, if not you know two. It will take a while. If it's been three or f- four dates, you could simply say, you know what, thank you for giving me a chance to get to know you. Uh, but uh, I don't see this going to to marriage, you know, because that's the thing. Like you don't want to date for forever. So as soon as you know that you're not going to marry someone, uh, that's the right time to pull the plug. So you want to be gentle, you want to be gracious, but you want to be clear. What if you're on the other side of it? Uh, I remember uh, I had dated, uh, as I said, uh, my wife, my present wife's best girlfriend for three years <laughs> in high school. And when I went off to college, uh, I got a Dear John letter, you know, and she said, it's a long ways from Chicago to North Carolina, and I think we should each go our separate ways. Well, I was, I was heartbroken because I, I, quote, I had all these love feelings for her. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, so what if you're on that side of it and someone's breaking up with you? Uh, how do you how do you process the pain and work through that? Yeah, that is that is tough. You know, dating and really relationships definitely pull on our heartstrings. I would say to take your time to grieve well, and er- and everyone grieves a little bit differently. Some people are ready to jump back on the horse, you know, and to find a new date, and other p- people need months or even a, a you know year. It, it all depends on on how serious the uh, relationship was. After one breakup, um, I actually emailed, uh, there was a woman who said that, uh, you know, we had been dating and she said she uh, came to the, the conclusion that we were not to be together. And um, that was really hard. But I actually emailed her and I asked her what I could do, do better. And uh, I meant it not to get back together with with her but just to say hey going forward uh is there anything that you saw in me that that i could in, improve upon and boy did she tell me <laughs> so that was <laughs> a risk and uh so i read that and it was and it was hard it was hard to hear so i don't know if i'm a glutton for punishment or what but uh, no i i just wanted to know like where i could grow and um so i, I think that you can mine a lot of gems being broken up with it's not always easy but i think looking back most of the things that we learn uh come through some sort of a uh painful uh, event yeah. You know, sometimes you can look back and realize it was good. At the time I went through that, uh, I, I, I was, I prayed that God would change her mind, you know. I wrote her a letter to try to mm-hmm. help God out, you know. <laughs> none, of, right. none of that worked. <laughs> but looking back on it, you know, I'm glad she broke up with me because I wouldn't be married mm-hmm. to my wife if that were not the case. So, Amen. yeah, we don't always see it at the time, you know, mm-hmm. but bring God into it. Now, you you had a broken engagement, actually. That must have been really hard. Did you initiate that or did she? It was kind of her, kind of both, uh, both of us. I was dragging my feet for a long time. We got engaged and for whatever reason, I, I couldn't set the uh, date. And uh, she, you know, had waited long, uh, long enough and it was fair for her to move on. I felt like that was the um, right thing too. But yeah, I, I learned a lot through that. Wouldn't wish it upon anyone. And I pray for every for uh, everyone listening that, uh, you know, you won't have to go through that. But if you do or or if you ha- uh, have, you know, just like God, his 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 grace will uh, will be there for you. And it, and it was for me and and it it, um, took a while, but I think uh, I am uh, healed from that. Yeah. Eric, what about another area that I think uh, everybody struggles with to some degree? And that's the whole issue of sexual temptation or sexual purity uh, for Christians uh, before marriage. Uh, What's your perspective there? And what words would you say to couples who are listening? Yeah, I would say that, man, we need to talk uh, about sex. And, uh, you know, God loves sex. He created sex for within marriage. And, um, you know, there's this whole purity, prosperity gospel saying that, well, you know, if I wait to um, 
have sex. Like if I save my, myself for, for marriage, then one, God is going to bring me that perfect man or, or, or woman. And two, we are going to have an amazing marriage and an amazing sex life. I think, well, that could be the case. And, but who are you really doing it for? Like, are you doing it for God or are you, you doing it to try to earn something from God? So I think that Christians get in trouble when they uh, want to grow, when they want to do some something, trying to get something out of God rather than doing it because we love Jesus. But I, I think that uh, actual purity starts on the inside, that purity is actually a, a wholeheartedness towards God, that it is a laser-like focus to follow Jesus. So we, we, you know, as much as you, we want to teach God's best, we, we want to teach how, how, how scripture says to wait for, for marriage. We also need to uh, teach that God cares about our heart. And, and it's actually our relationship with Christ that will prevent us from going further. So uh, you uh, just don't want to get in the trap of the Pharisees who who did all the right things, right? The uh, Pharisees followed all of the law, but but you know what? They forgot to be the right person. Mm. And I think if if we focus on our our on our relationship with Christ, a wholeheartedness, and giving our our whole heart to Jesus, that uh, sexual purity will arise out of that. I think that's a good perspective. We have to recognize that when anything God says, you know, don't do this or do this, you know, it's because He loves us, and we're in a love relationship with God, and we recognize that. So, well, Eric, of course, there's lots, lots more we could talk about, but our time is gone. So let me just thank you uh, for two things. Number one, for writing this book, because I think it's going to help a lot of singles. And secondly, I want to thank you for being with us today and discussing some of these issues. So uh, God bless you and what you're doing. Thanks so much for having me, and God bless you too. You know, we talk a lot about marriage and parenting here on the program. It is so refreshing to hear Eric Demeter's perspective on dating. And if you want to find out more, go to the website, fivelovelanguages.com. We have a link to the book, How Should a Christian Date? It's not as complicated as you think. 5lovelanguages.com. Next week, another Summer Best Of program. And if you've ever struggled with self-doubt, you're not alone. Some help and hope is coming up in one week right here. A big thank you today to our production team of Steve Wick and Janice Todd. Building Relationships with Dr. Gary Chapman is a production of Moody Radio in association with Moody Publishers, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute. Thanks for listening.